the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is brought to you, as always, by The Athletic, our presenting sponsor for 2020. Theathletic.com slash Spot Track gets you 40% off. I'm there right now. And right at the top of the page, as you might imagine, is the news about Todd Gurley and the Rams and how this buildup kind of got to where we are today, which we'll get to, of course, breaking down all the numbers of the, of the release. Uh, was it expected? Uh, I don't know. I, I kind of thought possibly there was a trade to come, but this is clearly where we are today. So that's uh, that's what you're looking at on theathletic.com right now. Again, $2.99 a month, easily the best sports journalism deal going right now. Everything's here. They're even talking fantasy when uh, the prospect for fantasy sports isn't great right now, but they're talking about it. Podcasts, articles, all that good stuff. Again, theathletic.com slash spot track. All right. Back for a third day in a row, kind of unprecedented, uncharted waters for us here. We're, we're going daily with the, uh, you know, the lack of sports to watch. We've got some time on our hands. We want to give it back to you guys. There's plenty going on in the NFL. We're going to bring Scott Allen back in here, talk some Gurley, talk some Brady, talk some, uh, I don't know, minimal signings today, but enough to keep us busy, that's for sure. And uh, then we'll roll through some of the, uh, the highlights of this past week here in terms of the NFL and things like that. Scott, thanks for joining once again. All right, let's. Uh, Glad to be back. Yeah, thanks. Let's uh, let's dive into the girly stuff. That's the that's the hot seat right now. What'd you think? Expected? Yeah, I think it, it, to me it was expected. They're just going to bite the bullet after what has transpired over the last year, year and a half here. So I, I kind of assumed that they were just going to take it and, and move on from from that. Yeah, it sounds like there was trade interest. It sounds like the Falcons yeah, and the Dolphins at least considered it. Uh, I don't know what the Rams were looking for, but, uh, you know, they didn't They didn't even have a high pick to give with Gurley, you know, and Osweiler kind of a move. So I, that was sort of out of the question as well. And after what we saw with David Johnson and then, uh, you know, with the even with the Nick Foles situation, I, I kind of left a, a little bit of light open that this could get done for some sort of late-round pick even though the, the compensation is crazy. But at the end of the day, I think we all just kind of collectively agreed this is a bad contract based on the health. Uh, if Todd Gurley's healthy, no one's even gawking at this. And, and I want to make that clear because Twitter's killing him right now, killing him, killing the Rams, killing his agent. I've seen it all right now. Um, this isn't a terrible deal if Todd Gurley, 26-year-old Todd Gurley, is healthy. Uh, there's a lot of things th- to look forward to in that in that case, but it's not. Uh, you know, people break down. This is what happened. It, it was way too early, and it's unfortunate, but it happened. And the contract certainly wasn't justifiable at that point. So, real quickly, I want to talk about the numbers because I threw a ton of them out today, kind of right right as this thing was happening. I, I, you could just kind of sense based on some of the reports that something was coming, and I was going to have to respond to whatever was coming. It was an outright release, and then a couple of, you know, 20 minutes later or so, we learned it's, it is a post-June 1st release. So that gives us an opportunity here to kind of talk a little bit about how that whole works. And, oh, by the way, that's only back in the fold now because of this new CBA. That was not an option a couple of weeks ago. So good for the Rams having that ability, and this is what it means. Um, because the $7.55 million roster bonus, which is getting paid right now as we speak... <laughs> Uh, because that was fully guaranteed last March, 
you're talking $20.15 million of dead cap. That's what the Rams are dealing with. So without that post-June 1st designation, they were taking that on right now to, as we speak with almost $3 million of cap lost in this move. Uh, so those are the numbers I was spitting out early before we, we learned that the Rams were going to go with the June 1st designation. Here's why I didn't jump that gun and assume they were going to do that. The June 1st designation comes with a really big caveat, and I, I kind of I hammer this home every time one happens because fans of the respective team generally don't understand how this works. So this is what happens to the Rams. Absolutely nothing right now, okay? Yes, Gurley is released. Gurley can sign wherever he wants right now. He is a street-free agent now. But his $17.25 million cap figure for 2020 remains with the Rams. That's really the most important point to make right now. It sticks on the Rams cap table until June 1st. And then after June 1st, the June 1st dead cap split can happen. And, and what will happen then is $11.7 million. I think I'm doing the math right in my head here. $11.7 million will hit this year. And then the remaining $8.4 million is going to hit next year. So you get the $20 million split up across those two figures. So they're going to clear themselves about $5 million of cap space, $5.5 million this year because of this designation, with the caveat that they got to carry $17.25 million for the next three months. So oh, that's tough for a lot of teams to deal with. <laughs> you know, That's not mm -hmm. a small enchilada, whereas no. you could have just taken 20. You could have taken two and a half more, essentially, and be done with it right now. So I, I understand the move. Uh, I think it is the right business move. And I do think it's the right football move, too. So I'm, I'm not going to gawk at anything. And I'm not going to gawk at the contract. If I have to clap back at anything, it's look at all these Rams contracts right now. All of them. All, all the notable contracts on the Rams table right now, they have what's called early guarantees. And it's not common. And it's, it's a show of faith in the player. And that, that's why we don't see it a lot. This is not a player's league. This is not the NBA. Okay, this is the NFL where the owners run, you know, run the show and GMs have to abide by strict rules. And one of those strict rules generally is we'll, we'll give you a, a decent amount of money up front. But then after that, every year you got to come in showing you're healthy and able to, able to earn the money. And then we'll guarantee it at a certain date in March or April. That's how 95% of these teams operate. That's not what the Rams did here with, with Goff, with Gurley, with Donald, or with Brandon Cooks. And that's why we're, we're, we're where we are right now with, with, this, with this girly situation. That roster bonus, like I said, guaranteed last March. Uh, and had he been on this roster tomorrow, not only does 2020 salary lock in, but 2021's roster bonus also locks in. And I know many of you saw my, my Jared Goff tweet today. Not only did Jared Goff's roster bonus get paid today, but another, another $43 million of future salary and bonus locked in today. So that's what I'm talking about with how these, the Rams have this thing structured where the players are able to get themselves guaranteed dollars one year earlier than the actual time that they're going to get paid. This is the situation where that bites them in the butt right here. This is the one where either you know somebody is so bad from a production standpoint that they just can't have them on the roster anymore, or there's a health situation like we have with Gurley. Uh, so that, that's why we're here they, because of these structures and boy, I bet it's going to scare them off going forward. I, I bet it will because they're one of very few teams that do this. And it's not that they do this all the time. They just decided with these four or five core players, we're going to do this. We're going to, we're going to, not only are we going to keep these guys and lock them into great money, 
but we're going to give them some power within these deals in a way to say, hey, anybody else who wants to come here, look at how well we take care of our core. Look at how well our players are taken care of from a financial situation. Uh, I have to ask you from sort of an outside perspective, Scott, are the Rams a dumpster fire right now? Because that's certainly what Twitter thinks, and I'm not going to gauge Twitter. <laughs> um, I want to know from a more analytical standpoint. Let me give my, let me give my two, quick two cents first. I don't think they're going to be as bad as we think they are. They weren't as bad last year. They damn near made the playoffs last year with a rocky season, a really up-and-down season. I don't think Jared Goff's that bad. I don't think he's elite. I don't think he's great. I think he's above average. He's certainly not worth the draft position he was taken in, so I'll say that. But the contract he's on is outstanding, and maybe he's not outstanding to match that, but he's above average, right? Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, I mean, you would probably take him above 12 other quarterbacks uh, if you're... Oh, I think it's more than half. Yeah, Yeah, I think it's more than half. Uh, To to answer your question, yeah, I I think in a way they are a dumpster fire. Uh, I mean, (laughs) they've made reckless trades and, and, you know, then... Maybe they're gonna. It's gonna bite them in the butt in the long run, having lost draft compensation and not having flexible space to sign these guys to extensions. And um, I mean, we. It's a fair point, Scott. It's a really fair point to bring the draft stuff into it because they just don't have uh, the ability to to build this thing over on the fly if it really does go bad. So, I, I, I guess what I'm saying is, it better go okay this year all things considered now with this girly situation and, and everything else, uh, because they don't have a first this year. They don't have a first neck. They do have a first. No, they don't have a first next year. Uh, they've got no mid round picks next year. Uh, they're in real trouble. They're in real trouble yeah. here in terms of major draft picks, being able to make this roster younger and better and cheaper again. Uh, we mentioned it a couple of shows ago. At least I threw it out there. I don't know if keeping Jalen Ramsey right now is the best way forward. I understand he's a heck of a player, but Jalen Ramsey's not the kind of guy that's just going to play on $13 million. I mean, this, this guy's going to want $18 million a year now, knowing that Byron Jones just got it for three years. I mean, Byron Jones just got 18 plus for, for the next three years. And Byron Jones is not Jalen Ramsey. He's just not. So you, you gave up the world to get him. You got to at least consider flipping him to get some of these draft yeah. picks back, right? Yeah, I would think so. They almost need to do what they did with uh, what Detroit did, where they they right. sent Slay in a trade today, and then Philadelphia made him happy with a restru- uh, what a restructure. Big one, and, yeah. And, and, and they got some picks back. I mean, Los Angeles is – that may be the best thing to do is flip him again and get some picks. You may not get the greatest picks that – um, are, are going to light the world on fire. But if you can get two or three picks and then you can package them to move up to a, a third or a fourth or, or a third or a second or whatever, yeah. at least you're, you're stockpiling. A way draft, out. Draft a way out is really what out, we're saying right. because they don't have one right now. They don't have the cap space to get better, to get a lot better they don't have any kind of flexibility within their roster anymore. They, they basically had to make two cuts today just to, just to breathe a little bit. 
And well, and if you take, if you get say two or three picks, those picks are not going to equate to the 13 sure. uh, cap hit that he has right now. And you may hit on two out of those three picks and they end up being guys that really contribute to the team and give you flexibility moving forward. Yeah. And Scott, so, if, if one of those picks, I'm not sure it can be because he's essentially a rental now that's going to need a ton of money. That's, I mean, that's where we are with Jalen Ramsey. He's on the fifth year option, but if one of those picks could be a first, you could easily make that a 2021 first. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, and definitely. Because, because that's what we're saying here about that safety valve. You want to give yourself as, as if 2020 go nose dives, which I think some will, might might expect it to, because they don't believe in golf. I'm not saying that personally. I'm saying I think some people will will say that. Um, but if that it happens to be the case, you want to give yourself a chance in 2021 to at least get this thing back off the ground. So, um, yeah, it's not going to happen. Let's be honest here. They're not going to flip Jalen Ramsey because they just gave up two first in the world for him. So, I. Uh, I just don't know. I, do you free up cap space by throwing a hundred million dollars at him? I mean, is that is that the way out? You throw cash to get to to give yourself cap? We've seen it before. I mean, it's been a lot of teams' mantra. To it's essentially what happened to Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. They they threw sixty six million dollars more at him to be able to reduce his cap hit by ten million. Um, you could you could do something along those lines with Jalen Ramsey if he's going to be in your long term future. I guess caution to the wind. Are you just adding bricks to the, you know, to a house yeah. that's already breaking down. Right. Is, right. That, is that really what you're looking to do here? But I, I just don't think it's as bad as, you know, the Twitter world is making it out to be. I, I think they can write this ship. I, I don't think a lot of people would argue that getting rid of Gurley is a good football move right now. I mean, you mm-hmm. go find yourself uh, a cheaper, younger, obviously healthier running back option out there. And there's going to be a few to look at and they can use a mid round pick right now if they have to for sure to go and get another one. They got a couple on their roster they probably like as well. But, uh, you know, Darrell Henderson was last year's pick for sure. I mean, he, there, there's a yeah. chance that he's not only a, a great option for them, but a great fantasy option. now. So for those of you thinking in that mindset already. Well, and they, and they have, what, uh, two-thirds and a fourth. So you got three mid-round picks there that. That's running back land, teams baby. Teams find running backs <laughs> in that area. So, yeah. I mean, out of those three picks, you might expect them to take a running back in there and hope that with Henderson and uh, maybe that player, they can turn that running back position around. Yeah. And last thing on the Rams, Brandon Cooks came up today because, like I said, people are lighting the Rams on fire. So anybody who could be traded essentially has been traded on Twitter right now. Uh, they lose money. They lose cap to trade Brandon Cooks. So unless unless it's a ca- it's a cash thing, which he's due a decent amount of cash this year. It's about twelve million. Uh, so unless they just flat out don't want that, then they're going to lose a million dollars of cap to trade him. That's just a fact because he's got back to back bonuses. So I uh, I don't see it happening. I think they'd like to from a football standpoint. I don't think there's a fit there anymore. I think uh, there are probably better options for the Rams and Jared Goff system right now. But financially speaking, I think they're stuck with them. I don't, I don't know why you'd make that move and put yourself a million dollars more in the hole, even though I understand it's only a million dollars. And in, in the scheme of things, we've seen teams do a lot worse. But they'd ha- they're going to have to be blown away by a trade for Brandon Cooks right now. And I don't see that happening with this kind of compensation. But just just wanted to throw it out there. I don't expect that to happen, but keep an eye on it just because clearly the Rams are making some moves here. All right, let's get off this. This was uh, 
the hot topic of the day. Guess who wasn't the hot topic of the day yet again? <laughs> Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Nothing yet. Uh, we're still just assuming that this is about not having or having to take a physical with Tampa Bay, and you know a lot of lot, everything else is is pretty much locked in. It's just a matter of getting that done, and obviously the COVID nineteen situation is uh, is stopping that from happening, which understandable, but. It's uh, it's making for some slow news days here, right? Like basically, what you're getting is the uh, the documentaries coming out of New England about Tom Brady and people gushing over 20 years. And I, I contributed a little bit to that this morning, basically just going through every single team and putting some numbers to how many starting quarterbacks each team has had in the Tom Brady era, the last yeah. 20 seasons yeah. of New England. Yeah, that was a great tweet. Uh, yeah, I don't think anybody really was shocked by the teams at the top of that list. Uh, <laughs> Cleveland? <laughs> 26 for Cleveland. Spoiler alert. Um, but there were a couple of teams that didn't have many. And, and, and so I went team by team. I, went, I started over the Arizona. I went right down to Washington. And as I was preparing for the next team, I was thinking in my head of all the quarterbacks I could name. And I got to Green Bay, and I thought to myself, oh, this one could be really nice. This could be a nice low number. I still found six. I still found yeah. six starting quarterbacks in the last 20 years. Now, a lot of that has to do with Aaron Rodgers getting injured mm-hmm. um, and that yeah. little bit of transition they had, but uh, that's for sure been a, a, a franchise of stability. How about the, uh, how about the saints? Boy, did they strike it? Cause, cause breeze got there right about the same time. It was about a year later came from over from the chargers. It, again, six, six was kind of the number here. Uh, and then we had, the Chargers. I the mean, Chargers. look at that. Three. <laughs> so let's wow. talk about this. Let's talk about this. Because obviously the Rivers conversation is, is, is one to have this offseason. This is not enough quarterbacks, right? Because you, what you don't have with those three quarterbacks are any kind of serious winning at all. Yeah. I mean, at all. So did they hang on to this Rivers situation too long? Were they just comfortable and static? Yeah. Yeah, some may say that. I think a lot of people will say that, and I think these numbers bear out that not many other teams, maybe no other team would have. So, I, I mean, the fact that they are at three, I mean, even the Patriots are at four. <laughs> They're at four. Tom yeah. Brady plus three additional quarterbacks. Again, injuries, but, uh, I, and I guess that's another way to look at it, too. Phillip Rivers' durability has been outstanding, clearly outstanding, the, because there haven't been you know, at least two or three quarterbacks that I've had to take over the reins for him with, with time missed. So I give him, I give him a lot of credit for that. And that for certain has contributed to the fact that the chargers continued to fall in love with him on an annual basis. Not to mention, you know, he slung forth 4,500 yards every year, but uh, that one stood out for sure. I was not expecting that. And like I said, I went team by team here. I kind of knew who was going to be down low a little bit. Even, you know, you, you always align Rivers with Eli Manning. The Giants had six quarterbacks in, this, in these past 20 seasons. Uh, again, some, some injuries that Eli got benched twice. So uh, you, had, you, just, you had some variety, and the Chargers have not had that. So I think this is probably a welcome 2020 season for a lot of Chargers fans who maybe just got sick of the mundane, same old Phillip Rivers, which was good to watch, but certainly wasn't great enough to get them where they wanted to go. Uh, we'll have to have another conversation about who that quarterback might be. I don't want to have too much, too many quarterback discussions today because that's kind of dominating the world right now. But um, 
yeah, this tweet, this tweet had some legs, really fun to do. Uh, you know, I tried to be as thorough as possible with it. You had a bunch of teams over 20 quarterbacks in the Brady era. Like you said, Cleveland at 26, the Rams themselves had 20, the Redskins, as you might imagine, had 20. I thought Minnesota having 20 was interesting, especially with cousins for a few years now. And you had Favre in there for a bit. Uh, the bears at 23 probably surprises nobody and the Cardinals who had three first round pick quarterbacks in the same season. So I mean, I don't think that surprises anybody either, but neat, neat little thing to do this morning. Kind of a a nice way to have a cup of coffee this morning and, and, and an homage to my homage to Tom Brady with many of those being out there right now. So no news on the Brady front still expected to be Tampa Bay, um, for all the reasons we mentioned in yesterday's show. Still expected to be two years, sixty million. I would imagine that's fully guaranteed. I mean, isn't the goal here to play to forty-five? He's been saying that for a year and a half now, right? So that would bring him to forty-five years old. He'd get his thirty years, thirty million a year for two years. And Tampa Bay has two years of the Brady window to make this work. I, I, I like it. It's similar to the Peyton Manning situation, um, although Manning only took what eighteen million back then with Denver. So, yeah, this, so. this would be quite a big step forward for yeah, that financially, but. The Super Bowl, I think, is in Tampa Bay this year too, isn't it? Yeah, has that ever happened? I, I don't think so. Has the host I team ever won the Super Bowl? Man, I don't think so. If I can remember correctly, there's just a That'd lot. Of, there's a lot of reasons for us to want this season to happen, and but, I, hope, I hope things work out. But that division, I mean, you think got Matt sure. Ryan, Drew Brees, now Teddy Bridgewater. That's an interesting division with Brady in there too. So it's gonna that that division's always been a slugfest, and it's going to continue to be that as on paper right now. So it, it's going to be interesting once they start playing those games. Yeah, there's no question. No question. That's going to be a fun one to watch. Um, all right, let's switch some gears here. Any signings stand out for you today? We had a lot of things become official as the league allowed it to be. Uh, there was a memo sent out from the league that basically said, as long as you have a contract in place that has been submitted to the NFL, that's good enough for us. You can go ahead and report that. And then on the heels of that memo, I don't, Scott, I don't know if you saw this. I know it kind of got mixed into the bunch today. Um, Jeremy Fowler from ESPN po- posted a tweet that basically said he has spoken to plenty of teams and agents that there has been language written into these contracts, a lot of these contracts, to basically secure themselves from this COVID-19 situation. So, yeah. for instance... Because there's probably not going to be a mini camp, right? And there's probably not going to be anything through June, July. I, I, I would say training camps are a big question mark right now, a very big question mark right now, which means there's a chance that from a training perspective, the first time, for instance, Tom Brady puts on a Tampa Bay uniform with any meaning is going to be right around week, week one. Um, that's a lot of time. And this virus that that's going around is going to be up and it's going to have ebbs and flows. We know how this thing works. Uh, it's just not containable until a vaccine's going to you know going to step in and, and really bring this thing down to earth a little bit. But it's going to ha- it's going to be everywhere. We're seeing it with more today. I, I mean, Saints head coach Sean Payton. There's a there's another NBA player. It's it's yeah it's a couple NBA. Yeah. yeah, there were a couple NBA that came out today. Yeah, Sixers. No, yeah, Marcus uh, Smart. You Marcus see Smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my point is it's going to be up and down, up and down. There's language being written in that basically says if Tom, let's say Tom Brady, for instance, if it's time for him to become a Buccaneer and play for us and he comes down with COVID-19, 
we can basically pull back on this thing. We, he, he will have to pay back his signing bonus. Now, I'm not sure of the language on that, but there, there's some sort of protection in place. Uh, let's just put it that way. Uh, my guess is it's not a true void of a contract, but it's more of a if he's not healthy for X months, he's going to have to pay back X months amount of well, prorated signing bonus, whatever it is. But, yeah. but my point is, is they're, they're doing the due diligence on the current situation in the world versus these NFL contracts. Yeah, that was going to be my question. Is it based on the player coming down with it or is it based on this goes even further into the season and contract is null and void if the season is null and void, something like that? You know, it's something I have to look into this new CBA about, which is what we did with the NBA one. The NBA one has an opt out. There's a yeah, they, if, yeah if, they have that force majeure. Yeah, if the NBA can't operate for 60 days. The NF, the NBA PA can essentially opt out of this yep. thing and pull out, and they'd have to rewrite the whole freaking thing to match this, the current scenario. It's basically built in for world disasters, uh, which you know I don't think anybody. I, I think it's getting close. I think a pandemic qualifies, but I'm not sure it's to the level of where you know leagues would agree to something like that yet. I think everybody wants to keep status quo and hope this thing gets back to where we were. Uh, but just just to put it out there, if the NBA does have something like that. I would have to imagine that the NFL wrote something similar, just standard standard language for these kind of things that, you know, if the world is breaking apart, you know, we, we can't just continue on with the same rules. It's kind of kind of the way we have a bill of rights versus a constitution, right? I mean, at some, at some point in time, things have to be rewritten a little bit here. So yeah, uh, something to keep an eye on for sure as this thing progresses and, and we, we sort of understand more how the, how sports world versus the, uh, the health situation is going to come together. But just just put, wanted to put it out there that Jeremy Fowler did report that today, that there is language being written in for some sort of protection in the event that players or teams or the league itself has to uh, has to has to deal with this thing come September. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's look a little bit at the signings and just kind of understand what we yeah. saw today. Really nothing stood out today. Uh, you're into that. You're already into that window where it's more of depth role, guys. Uh, anything anything fun for you on your end, Scott? Uh, I. I found it interesting that the Saints did some restructures as they typically do at this time Ooh, of year. Whole bunch. Yeah, whole bunch. <laughs> uh, not, they, did, they did a third of what Pittsburgh did, though. Pittsburgh's done about 11 at this point. And, yeah. and just to put it out there, I do not have most of those officially on the site yet. There's just a lot of details to figure out there. So their cap space is not representative of all of those restructures yet. The Saints ones I did, I, I was able to get the info on. So uh, the Saints cap space does reflect those restructures. But you're right. That's the season it is right now. It's about... We got our big guys locked in. Now let's give ourselves some room. Right. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it, it's probably a non-topic, but, I mean, Joe Flacco getting released. I mean, sure. it, it, he, he, what do you think? Is he going to find a place to be a backup, or is he pretty much done? I don't know. Made $166 million, won himself a Super Bowl. Yep. I'd probably hang it up, right? Yeah. I'd probably hang it up. I mean, I'm not even sure he's the he's in the top three of backup quarterbacks available right now. Yeah, probably if we, not. If we think Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston are going to be backups, you know, where does Joe Flacco and his neck injury live? So I, uh, I kind of hope he walks away from this. It's been a, you know, it was a tough situation in Denver and a lot of it had to do with the injury and, and maybe just a bad style, a bad fit, but he had a heck of a career. Let's not downplay Joe Flacco's oh, career. He yeah. came from, he came out of nowhere. First of all, to be taken number yeah, 18 overall. 
Can you name the college you came from? I'm looking at it, so I'm cheating. But oh, yeah, okay. it's, I know it's down in your neck of the woods there, Delaware. But yeah, yeah, came out of nowhere. That was one of those. I mean, back in 2008, we didn't have the draft coverage and the, and the prospect coverage like we do now. That when a number 18 overall pick came out of Delaware, that was <laughs> that was something to talk about. And he he was he's probably got to be the, highest, the price of admission. He's probably got to be the highest career earning out of Delaware. I I, I, would, I, I would guess. I would, I'd have to run the numbers, but I mean, yeah, I would <laughs> imagine, impressive. right? I mean, let's not even let's not even. Uh, yeah, it's not even close. Let's not even guess on that. He made 166.3 million over 11 seasons. Uh, he leaves behind about 13.6 million of dead cap, which stems from a restructure last year. Interesting to talk about that a little bit. Uh, Mike Kliss, a, a great, great reporter out in Denver, kind of laid this out really nicely today. So they restructured Joe Flacco last year and last uh, last August, I think it was, and all of us kind of looked at each other like, "What are they doing? There's no chance they're going to want this guy in 2021. So why are they pushing this thing down?" What we found out is they were doing that specifically to open up cap room to try to extend Justin Simmons, and hmm. couldn't get a deal done. And now here we are a year later, and they franchise tag Justin Simmons. They still can't get a deal done. So there was a purpose to that restructure, although maybe you sign Justin Simmons first and then restructure Joe Flacco accordingly in the same move. So yeah. while there, it's nice to hear that there was a reasoning behind it, I still don't understand why they had to process it. Uh, yeah, and they still have, what, $33 million in space. So, I mean, they have, the, they have room. Yeah, yeah. And they didn't last year is the point. And that's why they restructured Joe Flacco. So, yeah. Uh, that's why the dead cap lives this year with them. Uh, it's on, it's onward and upward for both teams. De- Denver's made some really nice moves. I, I like the direction they're headed. I think they're running back away. I think they should add a piece to go with Philip Lindsay, who by the way, also needs a contract extension here, but we're, we're starting to hear some rumblings about these running backs, not to go down this path too deep, but it does sound like Melvin Gordon has a couple of suitors and it also sounds like, and I've, I've been saying this, people. It also sounds like he's not going to get paid a lot of money, and that's that's probably a correct thing to be saying right now because I, the second I saw Austin Eckler make $6.5 million a year, I thought to myself, Melvin Gordon's not doing that. He's older. He's not as flexible. He's not as versatile. He, he's a heck of a running back, but $6.5 right now is is a reach for running backs. It's a reach. Five is the bar. Uh, if you're great, you're going 7.5 if you're great. Is, is McCaffrey getting 18? Can anybody really see that right now? Because that's what he's worth. 18. No way. I think, I think, I think most teams are going to drag their feet on that, knowing what has happened with this running back uh, last few contracts here. So I, I think most teams are going to drag their feet. And I mean, I, do, you know, it, do you know when we should have learned about this? It, it was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. We've said on the show a couple of times, Who's going to be that first team that has a has a, an above average quarterback on a rookie contract and does and just flat out doesn't extend him? You know who's going to do it? Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins doesn't qualify yet because Kirk Cousins was a was he a third round pick right? Second, he wasn't a top draft pick. Is my point? He wasn't. Right. We're bringing in a, a a guy. He's he's the top of the market. He's one of the top three d- prospects in the draft. Uh, we're going to run him into the ground for four years. We're going we're to have the fifth-year option. We're going to slap a tag on him, maybe a second tag, but maybe not. And then that's it. That's it. We're cutting it loose and starting this thing over again. When are we going to see that with the quarterback? Well, I'll tell you what. We saw it with the running back, and we saw it. I'm looking right now. We saw it in 2000. 
2014. 15. 2015. March of 2015. When the Dallas Cowboys Mar- Murray. D- decided we are not re-signing DeMarco Murray, even yep. though he just won the rushing title. Yep, exactly. He, he wins the rushing title, and Dallas says, thanks so much. <laughs> Take it easy. Five years, $40 million with Philadelphia. He's traded literally a year later to the Tennessee Titans. He has to restructure that contract down almost in half. By 2018, he's gone, literally out of football. That was it. That was that was the that should have been the wake up call for the rest of the league. That Dallas just didn't do it. They just decided we're not going to give this guy the second contract, even though he's been literally the best running back in football. Okay, I I think we're about to see it with Tennessee. I think we're about to see the four years plus the one plus the tag, and then out the door with Derrick Henry. I, I guess I'm kind of hoping it. Not from a player standpoint. I want players to get paid. But it's just yeah, bad business. Dale, it's just bad business. But then Dale's turned around and paid Zeke. So they did. They did not even. Not even they learned. <laughs> not even they learned. Right. Um, look, the, the, all of the all of the nerds, bigger nerds than us, got. They, they track the mileage. They track the carries in college. They're tracking, you know, the hits they're taking, the point of contact, all that stuff. This data is out there, and it's just it's not favorable to the running back. So I. I'm struggling with it. I know Christian McCaffrey. I know what he's worth based on these contracts that exist. But, man, you saw Todd Gurley get released today, and everybody kind of looked at the top running back list, and it's Le'Veon Bell and Ezekiel Elliott and David Johnson. And does anybody love those contracts right now? I don't think anybody likes those contracts. So it's a a tough, tough place. And I, I know we hammer on it a lot, but I tweeted out the top 10 running back contracts right now in terms of average annual salary. Do you know who fit, who, who's fifth? It's Derrick Henry on that franchise tag. Mm. And guess who's sixth? It's Kenyon Drake on that transition tag. Oh, wow. So, and then seventh is Barkley on a rookie contract. Yeah. So it's, uh, look, the, it, it, we can't even call it devalued anymore. We, it's just I, flat out we, gone. And we may see, I mean, w- with all this flexibility, McCaffrey may have to transition himself out of the running back position and go to the receiver position. Would it matter? I mean, because he's already put the miles on. That's the point. I guess that's the point. It's it's we got to stop paying for some things people have done. We got to stop paying for past production. What can this guy really do for the next four years? Realistically, that's the price tag. That's what the cost should be worth. Yeah, I think Christian McCaffrey is one of the most exciting players I've ever seen play the game. The guy can do everything. And and even when you know he's coming, you can't stop him. I, I just. And he's, and he's been healthy. I mean, I'm looking at his stats yeah, here. Yeah. He's played for the last two seasons. He's, he started all 32 games. And I mean, he last season, he had a thousand thousand. And I mean, yeah, it, the stats point to pay him, yeah, but, but the cautionary tale, Scott, is David Johnson. That was exactly yeah. this is exactly the conversation we were having about David Johnson a couple of years ago, and then one wrist injury, one, and that's it. That's it. He's off now. Maybe he's got a second life in Houston, and, and you know we're all laughing to the bank based on how this trade looks right now. But I, it's that it's that fragile. It's that easy. Le'Veon Bell holds out for one year. You know, we don't know if it's a Jets fault or, or, or if it's just he's getting up in age and, and we know we know exactly what it is. It's just he's 28 years old and that's what happens to running backs. 
but he doesn't look like a $13 million per year running back. And Zeke had a rough go. Zeke certainly had a rough go in, in year one of this contract. We'll see if he can find him, find his legs with this. It, it looks like the same roster coming back. Um, we'll see. We'll see. But it, it's just getting worse and worse every time we turn around here with these running back contracts. And uh, there's no way up outside of McCaffrey. But who knows there? Who knows? All right. I want to quickly do something, and then uh, we'll get out of here. Bleacher Report's got the top 10 moments of this recent free agent season as they've ranked them. Just quick thoughts. Obviously, the number one, can you guess? Tom Brady. It's not. It's oh, not Tom wow. Brady. Really? It's that ridiculous DeAndre Hopkins trade, uh, uh, which yeah. you can understand. Because until, like I said, until David Johnson is, is, is catching balls and making plays and DeAndre Hopkins is average on the Cardinals, right? That's what has to happen for this thing to sort of level out a little bit, right? Did that go official? No, I haven't seen it. Yeah. I haven't seen it, so maybe there's some TBD on it, but for, uh, that's how Bleacher Report ranks the uh, well, the current free agent yeah, week, I, the week here, at least. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, that that shocked shocked a lot of the world. So yeah, I can see that. Sure. All right, and I'll put these things two A and two B. It's it's Breeze going back on fifty million dollars, and then it's Bridgewater leaving and going to the Carolina. That's two and three here on their list. I'm fine with that. Uh, yeah, because there's. What it does is it is it in, in re, reinstates the Saints, I think, as the NFC favorite. Am I incorrect in saying that? Do we still think San Francisco is the favorite? Mm. I just nah, – I don't. I'm not counting the Saints out. I'm not counting no. the Saints out. Um, even I, I, I know how old Drew Brees is, and I know what it looks like, and I know they're always up against the cap, and that's why they're doing all these maneuvers right now, but – I just don't count out Breeze and Sean Payton at any point in time. And, and to and me, they've weapons, got as much. Yeah. What's that? And those weapons. They still have Thomas. They still have mm-hmm. uh, Kamara. So I'm not going to write them off yet. I, 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 I would bet on Drew Breeze before I bet on Jimmy Garoppolo. There you go. Easy enough. How about Bridgewater? Are you fine with that? We talked about it yesterday a little bit. Yeah, I'm fine with it. I like, like you said yesterday, it's a, it's a trial. Let's yeah. see what we've got. Let's see what we can put around him. And I have no issues with that from what we've seen out of Teddy. So I do love the I, fact that he's going to have to play the Saints twice. Yeah, I do love that. I mean, that is a, that's going to be some evil mind stuff right there, mm-hmm. you know, because certainly he's been sitting on a bench with a clipboard, understanding everything. Uh, we'll see if Sean Payton can can flex his guns a little bit and 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 make this thing work, right? That's that's gonna yeah. be fun. That's a really fun matchup right there. All right, number four, there's your Brady one. Uh, I don't know why it wouldn't be number one to be honest, but it, it's it's number four in this list. Maybe that's you know part of making it clickbait here. That's why I clicked on it in the first place. But uh, nothing else to say here. We know why he's there. It's all about the weapons. This has nothing to do with production companies and where his wife wants to be, and none of that matters. This is two years. Maybe only one. Who knows? But this is for now. This is 2020 with a lot of great players to throw to. That's it. Maybe Melvin Gordon too, right? I don't know. Maybe. Why would they stop at this point? Let's just let's just dream team this thing up. Well, I think at this point, knowing his age, you you, you sort of have to go all in at this point. Yeah, yeah. This isn't. There's no time to screw around right now. They're gonna have to pay Chris Godwin eventually. Maybe uh, OJ Howard's gonna need a contract in a couple of years. Let's just. They're on house money right now. Earn house money. Let's go in with Tom Brady right now. 
Uh, number five, I like this one a lot. I thought this was this one kind of snuck in Monday when all of the minutia came out, when, when we got hammered with all the agreements. The Baltimore Ravens acquired Calais Campbell for a mm. fifth round pick. Yeah. I know this guy's 33 years old, but if you listen or read anybody who knows anything about the game of football, current players, previous players, experts, NFL Network people, anyone in Baltimore, anyone in Jacksonville, <laughs> They're all basically saying this was highway robbery. Highway robbery. This guy can still play at a high level. He's going to get you close to eight, nine sacks a year. A ton of tackles. He's going to be. He's going to contain your edge. Uh, it's just a steal. It's a total steal for a for a fifth round pick. And Baltimore just got a heck of a lot better in a year when they're probably going to be the AFC favorites. Yeah, them and between them and the Chiefs, I would say. Yeah, yeah, man, it's going to be yeah. close. It is going to be close. I mean, Baltimore yeah. got better. They flat out got better here. Now, if they have to trade Matt Judon on that franchise tag, maybe it's a different conversation. But this helps. This is certainly another edge rusher to go in there. Uh, and they, they paid almost nothing for it. So Phillip Rivers going to the Colts. Again, kind of underrated because of all this other quarterback talk. And a lot of people just think Rivers is done. But I don't know. Yeah, but with Frank Reich and... Two really good running backs. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he I, went to a coach that was on the chargers and I mean, he could plug and play probably most of the, the playbook. So I'll tell you one I, thing. I like it. I'll tell you one thing. They, they probably are going to make another tight end signing, but if they don't, if they kind of fill in the blanks for, for Eric Ebron, who's departing, I'm, I'm going to be taking Jack Doyle pretty high in my fantasy leagues because oh, we know yeah. one thing about Phillip rivers. He, he loves himself ends. some tight ends and especially yes, with, at this age, especially at this age. So uh, certainly something to think about there. The Jacoby Brissett situation is not on this list, and I think it should be because that's, that has, that's a move that hasn't happened. But, boy, he could be a real X factor to some of these teams that are trying to plug and play here. And, and I'm looking at New England. We talked about it yesterday. It's got to be an option for New England. It has to be. Bill Belichick it, it, is not it, tanking. He's just flat out not tanking. Yeah, but may, maybe they have see something and, or saw something when he was there, and they don't, they're not in love with it. Yeah, but rank him amongst the other ones. Yeah, I mean, like we've said, Dalton, Winston. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Can you, I, can, can you even fathom Bill Belichick putting up with Jameis Winston? Not, <laughs> not, not off the field. I, I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about just the recklessness of his yeah, quarterback but, play. But, but you know what? He's the kind of guy that could turn it around. Yeah, but not in two months. It. Not in two months, and not, not without any months. training camp. Yeah, but we we saw what happened with Randy Moss and some other players that they've turned around and you know reinvigorated the, a career. I mean, it didn't happen with Antonio, man. No, nah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the recency yeah. the recency stuff isn't good. So, um, yeah, but I'm not even talking about Jameis's off the field stuff. I mean, he he's been he's been okay for a couple of years now. I'm just I I look at him on the field and I think. He's a project, and that's not what these Patriots need. That's not what they need right now. They need either young and young and inexperienced and can kind of, you know, just soak up and absorb whatever Belichick has to offer at this point, or somebody with familiarity, and that's Brissett. That's just flat-out Jacoby Brissett. So we'll see. We're just spitballing there, of course. Uh, let's see what else is on this list. The Browns. And they, they mentioned the Jack Conklin signing. I'm going to give the Browns a heck of a lot of cre- more credit than that. Uh, they got some smart people in that front office right now. They really do. Their contracts are right on the money. 
the positions they're taking in right now are the priority positions. They're not they're not wasting their signings. Uh, it's uh, you know they're getting special teamers. They're doing all those little things that the teams that know they're a couple of pieces away from maybe taking that next step and getting over the hump a little bit are doing. Uh, analytically speaking, they just seem to be really on the money. I like a lot of their moves, and I don't th- I don't think they're done. I, I just don't think they're done. I think that I think you mentioned it a couple of shows ago. Uh, Austin Hooper in likely means David Njoku out. So what kind of value do you get back for that? Are they going to load up another high draft pick? Is there a piece that comes back for him? That's a that's a big enchilada hanging out there that they might be able to maneuver with. I I just like everything the Cleveland Browns have done, and I, I I'm happy to put them into a top ten list here for sure. They they deserve it. Yeah, they they're actually one of the few teams that have, based on the numbers that you've put in. Uh, guaranteed over 60 guaranteed over 60% of the values they've given out. Only a few teams are over that 60% mark right now. Who are they Scott? Uh, based on those. Um, we've got the, the Vegas Raiders are just slightly over 60. Uh, we've got the Eagles okay. with one with one player. They're over 60. The, the Ravens have one player. They were at 70%. Um, the Colts had one player at hundred percent with rivers. Sure. Um, and then the Titans had one at 79%. So we've got a handful of player, a handful of teams here at 60, uh, Cleveland is at, uh, 60.5%. And that's with a handful of signings. So, so let's do this. Let's put it out there that once things, the dust settles a little more, maybe in a couple of days here, uh, we'll combine not only the free agent signings, but also the extensions that have been given out, which have been, you know, a, a, a good amount, a couple dozen. Uh, we'll put all those numbers together and we'll get a team by team analysis of total value signings versus guaranteed dollars and all those percents, because that's where things are going. We want to see the guaranteed dollars increase as contracts get shorter, which they clearly are. Yeah, but I mean, we've updated on these last few pods every time of, of where we're, the current standing is. The current standing right now is... billion dollars and but the guaranteed percent as of right now based on the numbers that we have in there is lower guaranteed percent than last year's so not not trending great there but we'll see once some more of these uh these breakdown financials come in hopefully that gets north of that 47 that they had last year well just to just to add to that a little bit what helps is you get these smaller contracts come in now the rest of the week and that, right. that helps increase that percentage back up. So I, I know it's low right now, but I, I have pretty good faith that we're going to be at or above the guaranteed percent from last year. I think that's a, that's, that should be the goal. It should be the goal. The cap goes up. The, the, these free agent contracts should be more impactful. Players should have to demand more upfront guaranteed money. It's just how it should work. So I think we're going to get there. I, I have faith. All right, one more free agent news here. Uh, again, it's not going to be a, a big blockbuster one, but it's sneaky good. Uh, the Vegas Raiders signed a uh, inside linebacker, Corey Littleton. He came from mm-hmm. the Rams. He was a, essentially a cap casualty from the Rams. They just couldn't afford to bring him back. Uh, there were reports out there that uh, he could have gone as high as $14, 15000000 million based on just a, uh, filling up the stat board. He, he's one of those do-all, jack-of-all-trades kind of inside linebackers. You can understand Mike Mayock falling in love with this guy, knowing what you know about Mike Mayock uh, in Vegas. They got him for $12 million a year. It's just, uh, and that sounds like a lot for a guy who's not going to rush the passer, passer, 
but CJ Mosley got 17 million this time last year from the Jets. 17 million, which made Bobby Wagner get 18 million. So that's where this market is. And that market is and you know what this contract says, Scott? It says that market is stupid. <laughs> right. right. It's kind of the Calvin Johnson situation we had a while back where he was making like eight million more than any other wide receiver. And you couldn't even ver you couldn't even verify him against another player because right. his contract was so much greater. To me, that's that's how I identify CJ Mosley's deal right now. I love the player, but not at seventeen million dollars. So Corey Littleton at twelve in comparison to what what we have in the market is a steal. And he's gonna make that defense immediately better. He's going to solidify it immediately. He's going to fill up the stat board for Mike Mayock's defense. So to me, that's a great get at the, in, the, in the middle of this free agent mess. Uh, anything else stand out for you that I'm missing? I know we had a bunch of trades, but uh, I don't know. Stefan Diggs one. Yeah. It's got to hold some weight. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, <clears throat> I think it's what the Buffalo Bills need for sure. I mean, they haven't had a number one wide receiver in ages, it seems. <laughs> well, they so... had Sammy. He's just... <laughs> He, he yeah. waited. He waited till he left to become a number one wide receiver. So. Yeah, exactly. That's okay. But, but I, I mean, they gave up quite a bit for him. But I think you get the experienced veteran presence yeah. that that kind of trumps taking a, a wide receiver at one of those positions. He's on a nice nice deal. What eleven and a half or something like that, yeah. if I remember correctly. I mean that that that's not bad at all. Um, so I, I, I think that should definitely be on the list. Um, it's probably a notable mention there. Yeah. Makes sense. All right. Yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot here to finish this thing off. Uh, I've put out a few tweets in the past I don't know, three, four times. It's just, just as it kind of called for it, which notable player in the NFL is going to get traded in the next couple of weeks. Cause I don't think we're done. No, I don't think so either. Um, hmm. Maybe on Bell? Maybe. Maybe Derek Carr. Derek Carr? We've, talk, we've, we've talked about him in the past. Odell Beckham Jr.? Yeah. I, they, I'm surprised that it hasn't happened if it's going to happen because there was a lot of rumblings as we got closer to the deadline here of moving on from him. So, yeah, I, I, and I, I know they've talked about – possibly to the Raiders, which, I mean. Sure. If at that, first you don't succeed, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, um, I'm scrolling down the list you're, here. You're in Wa Look, Scott, you're in Washington. Let's finish on this. What the heck's going to happen there? Yeah, that's a great Are they point. taking Chase There's, Young? Are they going to trade one of those quarterbacks? Are they going to draft a quarterback? Are they going to sign Cam Newton? I've heard all this and I've heard it by I, smart yeah, people. I, I have too. I mean, there, there's been everything under the sun. Some people like Haskins. Some people don't. Some people want to give Haskins a chance. Some people don't. Okay. Then 2020 got, week one. Who's the starting quarterback in Washington? Oh, give me, give me your, give me your top three. Um, let's go. Newton, oh man, Carr, and player to be named because they draft somebody. Haskins is done. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say he's done. If they can tr get him traded, uh, I, 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 how about Mitch Trubisky? 
Mm, interesting. Uh, I, I think if they can get Newton, they'll take him with Rivera there. Uh, I actually really like Derek Carr. I actually really like that move. There, there was a lot of rumblings down here about trading for Carr. A lot of people like the move. Um, I, I, I could see it happening. That's why I go Newton, Carr, and player to be named in in the draft. Because so, so do you think then they're not taking Chase Young, or do you think it's going to be like a second round a second round quarterback? You know what? I, I I don't know. I don't know if they'll trade that out. They they need more pieces than Young. Young will obviously help on that defense. They need more more assets than just that, and uh, so. I think if they get the right package for that pick, they'll move down and then potentially they could take a quarterback later in that first round or it's a fascinating uh, team. I mean, the whole Alex Smith situation, there's just, there's so much to unpack there and we know nothing. They have such a, a a strong position in this upcoming draft and we have no idea. We all just assume that it's going to be right. That it's going to be chase young because he's arguably the best player in this draft. And, mm-hmm. and outside of the Bengals needing a quarter a quarterback, he would be number one overall. Any chance I mean, that Trent Williams is Raiders bound, and that's how Derek Carr gets the Washington? Oh, that's that's an interesting scenario. Yeah, I could see that being packaged together. Why not? Let's finish yeah. on that. We're getting a little yeah. bit off the train tracks. Here. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Good stuff, Scott. Thanks as always. We'll be back soon. We've got some fun stuff coming. Hey, by the way, uh, yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. All right. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. And, uh, thanks to the athletic. I'm looking at it right now again to see the updated news because there's even more information on Todd Gurley and they're actually breaking down the numbers just like I spoke to you. So if you're looking for a, a visual breakdown of how this thing all went out, you can, you can check it out there. Uh, really good stuff on Tom Brady, by the way, the Tom Brady Tampa Bay fit, how this is all going to work out from a, a personal standpoint and from a, a football standpoint. I read through that a little bit. And then, look, uh, they're doing a really, really good good, good uh, analysis on what happens if the NHL doesn't come back, if the NBA doesn't come back, if baseball never plays this year. There's, there's just a lot to unpack there, financially speaking, from a player standpoint, from a contract standpoint, uh, from league revenue and how that's going to affect salary caps. It's all there on theathletic.com. Visit theathletic.com slash spot track for 40% off. And oh, by the way, and Scott, did you see this? They're giving away 90 days free right now because of the coronavirus stuff. No, I did not. Yeah. So go That's ahead great. and register under, under our code, you know, using spot track. You're going to get 90 days free and then you can essentially tack onto that. So it's all good stuff over there right now. These are, this is the, the one-stop shop for all your sports journalism. Uh, you see it all over Twitter, Twitter already anyway. You might as well have the ability to click on the links and read, right? Two ninety nine a month, theathletic.com slash spot track. For Scott Allen, I'm Mike Gennetti. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Spot Track Podcast.